I'm Nafara. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kristen. And you're listening to The The In-Between. The In-Between is a podcast dedicated to exploring the space between social and life extremes. Here, we discuss the complexities of this space and our own experiences moving through it. All commentaries based on our own personal experiences. This episode of The In-Between is centered around the haves and the have-nots. Not the show on the Oprah Network, but wealth disparity in private education. Let's get into it. The two extremes of this experience are, of course, the haves and the have-nots. Let's start with the haves. Haves are those with access to material wealth and the certain areas of ease associated with it, i.e. being able to purchase uniforms, own a car, pay tuition, pay college fees. And the have-nots are those who are on substantial financial aid, for whom private school is an abnormality or break from normal socioeconomic standing in their community. The differences between these two extremes, then, lie in access to resources and a certain feeling of belonging on a private school campus. What happens, then, when you fall in between? So, our first question is, in what ways has being in a primarily wealthy environment led you to new conclusions about your own socioeconomic standing? Well... I was like, well... When I got here, I'm like, you know, when you're in, like, well, I moved to a sort of a partial suburb, I guess, when I was, like, starting my freshman year here, but, like, I just, like, I grew up for, I grew up in Hartford for the majority of my life at the time, and it's just, like, I came here, and I thought, you know, I was going to school with kids who didn't have, like, like where who didn't really necessarily get to eat, like get to have food on their plate every day or like couldn't afford the basic uniforms or like didn't really have any like adult figure in their life at home. So I'm thinking like, you know, my parents work, my parents have a job, my parents are both alive. Like my grandparents care about me. Like I'm living with my grandparents and like my mom we're all living with my grandparents but it's like they still care about me i have a lot of people that look out for me or whatever and i'm thinking like you know i'm in a good standing like maybe quote unquote hood rich because i could afford you know i could afford shoes and stuff but when i get here i'm like shit i'm broke like <laughs> no for real it's like you see people that like have like damn like bentley's and like whose fathers like own like huge companies or like have private planes and you know it's it's really jarring at first definitely i mean like i heard my nursing program definitely told me about it but like just seeing it in person and just like being in close proximity with all this wealth it definitely makes you feel as if like dang i don't even know what money is like like you see like i've been i've been struggling all my life it, like it feels like you've like I don't know, it just really like makes you hyper aware of what you have. 
not less appreciative, but when you see it compared to something at a larger scale, it makes you feel like, wow, I have nothing. I mean, you have something in a sense, but it's just like how just like, it really brings attention to how hard it is not hard but like how easy it is for every how easy that things are in like a zero-sum game like you think like oh I've been living this way all my life and I think that I'm winning and I come here and I see the real winners aren't even like you know real winners compared to the one percent even though they have some connections in the one percent or whatever but it's just like it's like like how like how am I supposed... And, and it, especially because, like, when you come to private school, your demands are a lot higher. Like, when I was in elementary school in Hartford, like, a school didn't have much. It's not like I needed to afford, like... It's not like I needed to pay for uniforms or after-school programs or, like, trips and this, that, and the third because we didn't have that. It was, like, Hartford Public Schools. It was, like, they didn't have enough funding to do that. We didn't have options to do that. So, like, when I'm here, it's, like, oh, you need to pay for this, you need to pay for that, you need to buy this blazer, you need to pay for the cord skirt. Luckily, I was able to get enough aid to cover the majority of the things that I needed or, like, in, either, in order to belong and, like, the things that I literally needed for certain events. But it's just, like, the requirements, the money, like, the, the, the even if it's, like, even if you're not sort of, if you're not, you haven't grew up in that culture part of your life, it's, like, just being, it's, always demanding something of you like just like financially and it's so hard to like keep up with because it's literally draining you even though you feel like you could have survived in this environment before so you're like all right i'm good with whatever situation you put me in and then you're like oh my gosh the water is a lot deeper here yeah i definitely think it's going to school in an environment where there are a lot of varying socioeconomic classes present, but definitely a lot of higher socioeconomic classes that were exposed to allowed for me to realize both what I have and what I don't. Um, I definitely think I just, you never really think about it, you know, like you never, when I lived in an apartment we recently moved, but I had never asked myself if everyone had like yellow walls. Like that was never something that you ever talked about, ever wondered, at least for me. Um, I never thought about ordering food every day, or if there's like not one thing, if there's one thing on the menu that I don't like, if there's like broccoli, then I should just order Chipotle. that's something just i feel like it's mostly the little things like it's like oh interesting that you can afford gucci flip-flops and it's not ironic like you just realize little differences that make you a little bit more aware of what you have and you don't even just talking about like how often you're able to go home oh my god where you live you know like if you live someplace where you can't just drive to how often do you really go home and you become really aware of the differences between how often you interact with that sort of conversation and how often others do. Yeah. It just becomes much more 
prominent in your own thoughts. I don't necessarily think we talk about it enough. I just think that for people who don't necessarily have as much, but who, you know, I mean, like I'm middle class, like I have a good amount, like I'm living, I have a roof over my head, we're able to get food every day, but it's not like we can afford to take a vacation. Mm-hmm. Then things like that, like it's not necessarily talked about, but we all know it. Exactly. It's like, I think that like to have something, to be a person that's like a part of like the haves or like who has, like someone who has things and like has a substantial amount of money, like a great amount of the privilege that comes with having a lot of money is just not having to think about money, mm-hmm. not having to like view money, not having to worry about money. Cause money is like, honestly, it's just so like, even if you're a person that's not materialistic, like money is literally the foundation of everything. In this country. Exactly, in this country at least. like Just like some form of currency. Which is the United States for our international listeners out there. <laughs> Girl, it's Miss Edson <laughs> and Monaghan. <Don't. laughs> and Taylor Swift. <laughs> and, and Taylor Swift, of course. Reed. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, just not having to think about money. Like, I mean, I, I definitely see that now, like seeing how like I was freshman year and now like luckily I've been able to like you know, um, find more financial security. Like even like with my dad passing and my mom getting like promotions and like getting fired from her job and like losing her job and like being like, I guess unemployed for like a good amount of time and then being employed and like actually having like a steady job that's a lot better now. It's like, it was like, I guess seeing like certain things that I don't have to worry about anymore. I can definitely see how much like it's changed. Like even when I'm like, in groups that have like groups with, with groups of people that have like so much more that have so many like i guess have such have so much <laughs> much more financial security it's like it's it's a lot more not comforting but just like the the, the term financial security itself is just like feeling secure and not having to worry about it and like just furthering yourself from um you're still in the proximity of like the, um, I guess, uh, in the proximity of the issues that come with wealth disparity nonetheless, but like you're furthering yourself, I guess to have money is to like make yourself further away from it, like to walk further away from that problem. Mm-hmm. And like, what do I say? But I mean, what am I saying in my head? I was just gonna say, I wonder if you guys have had a similar experience where spending money there's kind of a guilt associated with leaning into your want for something or your need for something even like i don't think laundry should cost money on this campus i think that's an equity issue but even when i take out money to pay for my laundry i'm like do i need to do it this week what if i do it next week instead and save like there's a anxiety like you guys are mentioning surrounding spending money that i think other students don't have to worry about because they don't have to worry about maybe don't have to, you know, not don't have to worry about, but not to the extent that students from our backgrounds do have to worry about money. Exactly. And it's an unfortunate anxiety that isn't really acknowledged because it's assumed it's part of what we kind of just have to go through to experience the quality of a private school education or to be in an environment like this. We almost trade that comfort for the hypothetical 
success that will be granted from attending a school like this. So... The greater implication of this conversation is, then, in my opinion, that there needs to be a greater acknowledgement of nuance in financial situations on private school campuses, because there is a difference between how students experience money, and to ignore that in an attempt to erase classism doesn't actually erase classism. It just makes it kind of clandestine and secret. So I think on our campus, what we can do is encourage more financial equity Uh, making laundry free, making it easier for students to access cash on campus, Uh, having conversations about differences in financial situations, and encouraging students not to hide how they feel about how they're being treated as a result of their wealth on campus to encourage people to feel comfortable speaking about it the same way that they would if they were mistreated for another aspect of their experience. And um, a larger variety of options to shop at, like Target is expensive as hell. Walmart is expensive as hell. Marshalls is a discount store, still expensive as hell. Like, it's like, they're killing us with it. And maybe greater accountability when students are ostracized or excluded on the basis of money. So ensuring that students who can't afford things can still have access to activities. Yeah. Senior activities, Mm -hmm. senior photo shoots. Yeah. Merchandise, Merchandise. buying clothes with the logo on it. Activities in general. Exactly. So that that comes with conversation. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that would hopefully be a side effect of being more open about wealth disparity on campus. So to close today's episode, I just want to touch on just briefly the greater implications of talking about this topic, of really getting into what the space in between something old and something new feels and looks like. And I think to me, the importance of that is realizing that you are more than the stage of life that you are in Uh, and that you are constantly growing in whatever place you are so like even us in this middle ground between college and and high school this middle ground between knowing where we are and not knowing where we will be or who we will be in a few months is this constant at least we have a constant knowing that we'll be growing anyways um not wherever we are we'll still be developing based on who we've always been and uh, <laughs> the uh, lacuna next door agrees. Is it, like, who the hell is playing a trombone in there? My God. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's important for us to break the stigma between thinking that a high schooler should act a certain way and a college student should act a certain way because right now we are sort of in between. We're sort of neither. Like, I understand, like, it, it's taken me four years to fully understand why people do crap. Right. And that's what we've come to the conclusion of. Any, any last words about the great implication of talking about it. Don't do crack. Don't do crack. Amelia? I would second that. <laughs> crack is whack, indeed. <laughs> this sounds like, you remember the cheating speech that Mr. Honigan gave us? He was like, I know it's easy, it seems easy to cheat, but we will find out, and there's always so much, it's a better way. <laughs> it sounded like, I know he wasn't saying crack is whack, but all I was hearing was crack is whack. <laughs> don't cheat, don't do crack. 
and believe in yourself. <laughs> and John on Monaghan. that note, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you at some point in time because this is actually our last episode for the time being. Hey, 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 don't say that. We, we might blow For the season right now. For the yeah. season right now. If our international listeners really spread word of mouth. Taylor's like, um, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> right, so I think we'll close it out. Um, wanna, wanna do our outro, Nafara? 